Um, okay, uh, good evening everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. Um, the conversation tonight um, is really a conversation that we have been having for the past 10 months. Um, since the beginning of the pandemic, since uh, the very first day, uh, the conversations we've been having have been a conversation about weighing risks, uh, safety, uh, and halakha. How do, how do we make decisions about how to determine what risks are worth it, what risks are not worth it? How do we make decisions about, um, you know, personal decisions about risk, uh, which are also uh, public decisions and communal decisions about risk? Um, it's really been the conversation the whole time. Um, so as I sat down to prepare this year, I kind of said to myself, it's sort of the first, it sort of takes us back to the very first conversation we had um, after, um, after we closed the shuls and then we started to open, to open Minyanim, et cetera. All these conversations that we had have all kind of centered in the same sugus. Um, and it's nice to be on this side of it, um, being able to have a conversation about the possibility of, um, you know, all of us at some point being able to have a vaccine. Uh, I'm sure many of you, some of you may have gotten the vaccine already. You have family members who have gotten the vaccine already or are planning to get it soon. Um, and this is a great opportunity to talk about some of the halakha questions that have been coming up. Certainly there's been a lot of talk um, in the media about a lot of talk also in the Jewish world about this topic. And so I just thought it was a good idea to put out all the issues, uh, kind of summarize a little bit some of the, some of the uh, opinions of the, of the postkin who have taken us by the hand through these past uh, nine, ten months and are now, you know, hopefully guiding us to the end of it in Rit Hashem. And, um, yes. I just wanted to point out before we start that not everyone can actually get a vaccine. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Um, okay, so, um, so, uh, yes. So, so let's take a look uh, and have a conversation. So if you take a look at source number one in your source sheet, if you don't have the source sheet, it's okay also. Um, I'll put it in, in the chat one more time for those who don't have it. It came out in an email already earlier today. Um, actually, earlier this evening. But I'll put it in now again. Um, so if you take a look, source number one in the source sheet is the Pasuk that we've quoted many times over this period. The Pasuk of Nishmatim Olam Nafshoseichem, a Pasuk of Devarim, that the Torah tells Am Yisrael, Nishmatim Olam Nafshoseichem, you should be care- very careful to guard your... Nefesh. Why? You didn't see a picture. You saw the Rebbe Shalom face to face. And you should be careful to guard your soul. Okay. Uh, the Gemara in Brachos and Daflam Beis Mabes tells a story related to this Pasuk, a way that not a Jewish person darshan this Pasuk, but the way a non-Jewish person actually gave a drasha on this Pasuk. The Torah tells you, the, the Gemara says the following, The Lachi is of the person's Amin Shemana Esrei. And the, uh, and the king comes to ask you, uh, how are you doing? So you don't respond. But if it says, says Rav Yosef, that's only true if a Jewish king is, is coming to talk to you by Adam Yishman Esrei, but if a non-Jewish king is coming to talk to you, you should talk to him. How do I know? From a story, Tanur Rabbanan, Maisa Bechasid Echad. There's a story about the following very pious person, uh, and what, what happened with this very pious person? He was standing on the road and he was davening. Some general came out, came over to him and said, uh, is my sound better now? Yes or no? 
It's still pretty choppy. Still pretty choppy. Okay, so we were telling a story of the non-Jewish hegemon who comes up to the guy. So the, the chassid is davening. And the hegemon comes to him and says, uh, and he says to him, um, and he gives him shalom. The, the, the non-Jewish uh, king comes over to him and he says to him, why are you, uh, he says shalom aleichem. And he doesn't respond. And he doesn't respond to him. So him to lo at shesiyim tefiloso. So he so he uh, waits until he finishes davening. La achar shesiyim tefiloso. I'm gonna after he's done with davening. He says to him, Reka, empty person. Hello, kasev b'taraschem. It says in your Torah. It says in your Torah. Raki sham lachosh wa nafshechem oruk sivu nishmartem lo nafshosechem. It says, listen, you got you gotta protect your body. You can protect your soul. Because you're not sadik shalom. Lam lo chazart li shalom. So when I said shalom lechem, why didn't you respond to me? So, if I would have cut off your head, who would have even, no one can control me, I can do whatever I want to you. Meaning, that was silly of you. Why didn't you, why weren't you more careful? So he responds to him, which he says, you're right, you know, I'll, I'll try to, you know, uh, make you feel better. But the truth is, it was, uh, you're right, I was wrong. And basically, the Gemara learns, everyone learns from here. That you see from here that the prospect is a source of the concept that a person has to guard their body. A person has to be careful to, to, to protect himself. The minchasinach asks the question, but wait a second, this question is really about protecting your, this prospect is about protecting your spiritual health, not about protecting your physical health. So what, how can this be? So the truth is the Rambam writes in source number three and really others write as well that the that the idea of of guarding your body is the key to, to spiritual health. If a person can't, the Rambam writes, if a person you know, is, is sick and they're not able to function and, and they're not doing well and, 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 their, and their body doesn't function right, you, you, can't, you can't be as successful as you want to be in life. So the idea of protecting your body is actually the way to get yourself in, in, the, right, in the right mindset, in the right place to be able to have success in your physical life, in your spiritual life as well. Um, and, and, the, and the truth is the Rambam in source number four, can I just get confirmation that people can hear me? Yeah, good. So the Rambam in source number four writes as well, A person has something in their house that's dangerous. They have a, a roof, they have, they have some type of pit, you got to put some type of fence around it, right? So that's the lacha known as maka, right? Or, or some covering on it. The person shouldn't fall in and they shouldn't die. Anything that's dangerous. Person has to be extraordinarily careful to make sure that they don't get they get hurt from it and they don't allow someone else to get hurt. How do I know? Shenemar he Person should be very careful with their life. And a person who doesn't do that, a person who leaves dangerous objects around, a person who doesn't avoid danger, so they're violating the halacha by being a person who puts themselves in danger and puts other people in danger. The, the, the Shulchan Aruch in source number five, which is the very last din in all of Shulchan Aruch, the very last conversation in all of Shulchan Aruch in the Choshen Mishvat, talks about the halachos of keeping your body safe. And the Shulchan Aruch there writes 
a person who violates these halachos of, of keeping your body safe, what happens? And the person says, I'll danger myself. What do other people care? I'm not going to be careful. You actually give them lashes. I mean, they're abana. And a person who, who keeps these halachos, so good things come to that person. And, and the Beragola in source number six writes also this similar concept. He says, what's the reason why the, uh, the, the Mechaber is so, so strong about these halachos of a person keeping their body safe? He says, because the Kodesh Baruch places in the world do it Hashem. And our, our soul doesn't belong to us. Our soul is there to, to, to connect to Kaddish Baruch Hu. And if a person doesn't treat their body and treat their, their neshama with, 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 with regard, so you're, you're, you know, you're basically flattering the face of the, of the gift that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave you. Very strong language in the Shulchan Aruch. This is, this is Devarim Shutim, things you've heard a million times already. You've heard it before COVID. You've certainly heard it during COVID. That, these are, that, the, that the responsibility that we have to, to protect ourselves is, is nothing less than an absolute, absolute requirement, an absolute chiv. Um, in fact, Rabbi Yonah Reis, who's the Abedzin in, in the CRC, Chicago Medical Council in, in Chicago, when he spoke about this topic, the, these sources that I just gave you now were enough for him to say that in and of itself, that tells you that there's a chiv, a requirement for a person to get the COVID vaccine in a certain sense. Um, because it, it's, it's become clear from that which the scientists and the doctors have, you know, the vast, vast majority have all told us um, about the, the effectiveness of this vaccine, where there is a, you know, a, a danger to us from the virus, that it's become very clear that, that it's effective. And if it's effective, it's an opportunity for a person to protect themselves. And we have that responsibility to protect ourselves. So on the one hand, you might say, there's, the shear should end here. We know that there's a requirement to protect ourselves. And, uh, and if this is a... a, a a, uh, a way of doing so that we know is effective, so there's nothing even to talk about. Uh, but the reason there's more to talk about, of course, is because there are those who have raised the question, is there a risk, possibly, involved for a person to take such a vaccine? Uh, it's, it's brand new. The, the mechanism through which this vaccine has been created is brand new. Um, so if that's true, then maybe there's more to talk about. How do I know that I'm still either allowed to or even possibly required to take a vaccine, a vaccine, uh, uh, a, the type of which is, you know, totally new and has only been around for, for a couple of months. So the question that really gets us into a separate question, which is our section, second section of this year, which is what happens when you have a, a concern for possible sakana, possible danger? And there's a suffix sakana, right? Do I, does it, does a, how does a person make a decision to take a small type of risk or some risk in order to possibly avoid some type of greater risk. Is a person allowed to do that? Is a person required to do that? So the, the, this question is, not, is just not new. It's not new. Um, it's not new even to a couple hundred years ago, but it certainly became to the fore a couple hundred years ago when the smallpox vaccine became, uh, you know, came to the fore. So if you look in source number seven, Quoting you from an article from Rabbi Dr. Edward Reichman, who we know well because we just spoke to him on Sunday night. Um, and Dr. Reichman wrote an article about halachic aspects of vaccines um, a number of years ago. Um, probably never, never thinking that it would come to, 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 this, to this discussion here. But nevertheless, he writes as follows. In the late 18th century, smallpox decimated the population of Europe. Millions of people died from the disease and a high percentage of children were afflicted. 
In the 18th century alone, an estimated 400,000 Europeans died each year. When potential relief from the horrors of the disease came on the horizon, there must have been unabashed excitement. The cure, or more accurately, the mechanism of disease prevention, however, was unique in the history of medicine. It required exposing healthy individuals to disease, hopefully a mild form, in order to prevent the development of a more serious disease. The procedure involved removal of fluid from the pox of an afflicted patient and the subsequent injection of that viral fluid into the body of a healthy individual. This is the very first inoculation. Scientists believe that the healthy person injected with the fluid would develop a mild, non-fatal form of smallpox and would therefore be spared the likelihood of fatality uh, later on if they would be exposed into spontaneous form. This was indeed the case the majority of the time, but the procedure was not without risk. Some of those inoculated developed a severe form of disease and died as a result. An estimated 0.5 to 2% of people who got inoculated with the smallpox vaccine would actually die. And in fact, there's a tombstone in Long Island with the following epitaph, in memory of Peleg, son of Thomas and Mary Conklin, who died of the smallpox inoculation, January 27, 1788, aged 17 years. So we know that there were individuals who actually died from the smallpox vaccine. And the question that came up was, is this permissible? Can you inoculate someone with a vaccine that you were in an inoculation that has the potential to actually kill them? And the question came specifically to the Teferis Yisrael. The Teferis Yisrael, who wrote, wrote a, uh, a very well-used commentary on the Mishnayis, um, was one of the first um, to write about this topic. And he wrote that it was permissible. And, uh, and he writes as follows. If you look in source number eight, it's a, it's a copy of the Teferis Yisrael. It's a Teferis Yisrael in, in Masechus Yuma. And he writes as follows. So, Inoculation shall pakikin inoculation for smallpox. Even though one in a thousand, he said, writes will die according to the stats that were given by Rabbi Dr. Reichman, it's even a little higher than that. Aidei inoculation al kopanim shemishavu bo hapakikin hativim hasakana krova yoser. So it says that the various Israel, yes, a person is permitted to give the smallpox inoculation. Why? Because even though one in a thousand or maybe even closer to one in a hundred, would, would die from that vaccine. Nevertheless, many, it was a much greater risk of death if you didn't get the vaccine. It's permissible to put yourself in a, you know, a, a, a less likely uh, risk, but to place yourself in that risk on purpose in order to pr- prevent yourself from getting a, you know, a much higher level risk. Viraya Barura, and I'll tell you a proof for this concept. Where does it come from? It comes from the Beis Yosef in the tour in the Choshen Mishvat, who talked, if we quote the Yushalmi, we're going to see this, this conversation a little bit later. What happens if a person is, is drowning in a river? Right? Is there a requirement for me to jump in to try to save them? Right? They're, in a, they're for sure in Sakana, they're going to die if I don't jump in. But if I jump in, I could also get caught up and I could die. So am I required to do that? See, Yushami says yes. We're going to see in a moment that it's not that, that clear cut. Yushami does say yes. Um, and it's quoted by some of the Rishonim. So he says, it's not for sure that person is going to die if you don't save him. Maybe someone else is going to help them. If for somebody else, you are required to put yourself in some type of 
Suffix Akana, in order to save them, it's a very strong proof. Right? If there could be a concept that a person is allowed or maybe even required to sacrifice themselves, to put themselves into some type of suffix danger in order to uh, save somebody else, so certainly they're permitted to endanger themselves to a certain extent in order to, again, uh, save themselves. Um, and even though he writes that the Rif and the Rambam and others actually don't paskin like this, nevertheless, nevertheless, the fact that there's such a poss- possibility and there are those who paskin that way, that a person would actually be required to dan- endanger themselves to a certain extent in order to save someone else. So that um, certainly brings me proof that a person would be at least allowed to do so for themselves. Um, what's clear is that uh, this vaccine has a much lower level risk than the, COVID, the smallpox inoculation. And we'll see as we move along that, you know, h- how much is this, is this proof even necessary, but certainly it's true. Um, and where does that take us for ourselves? If you look at source number nine on the sheet, I brought you a, a, a couple of excerpts from of Usher Weiss's uh, recent publication just put out a few days ago um, about the question again of the COVID-19 vaccine. And he writes as follows, and he, and, he, and he summarizes some of these points. He writes, one of the contemporary rabbinim of Avram Hamburg um, published a savior called Alim Trufa, in which the question is discussed. This was then, in the time of smallpox. And he cites many chuvos from halakhic authorities of his time that unanimously rule that people should receive the smallpox vaccine in spite of the fact that several people had died as a result of it. And his safer should Zerah MS, Rabbi Shmaha Cohen of Modina, one of the great postkim of the generation recorded this debate with Rav Chaim Yehuda Giron over this question. Rav Giron argued that it was proper to refrain from vaccination as it had caused the death of several people. The Zerah replied at length, examining whether a person may actively put himself at a small risk of danger in order to avoid another potential danger. He concluded that vaccination was re- recommended as the relative, why, why, as the relative risk of the disease is far greater than that of the vaccine. So Rav Giron replied that due to his uncertainty, he would refrain from ruling on the matter. This was brand new halacha then. And he, was, he, was, he, was, he felt uncomfortable with it, but the fact that people were getting the vaccine and they were dying, he felt uncomfortable passing that people should be allowed to do so. The Zerah conceded that although he felt that one should be vaccinated, those who are reticent to rule are entitled to conduct themselves passively and withdraw from the discussion. Nevertheless, there were others Again, who passed in that they thought it was appropriate and the right thing to do for people to get this smallpox vaccination. We remain in our, with our view, as the Zara Emes, uh, the, uh, the, the Zivchei Tzedek wrote, and offer praise to God for, for we have expert doctors who know how to prepare inoculations and nobody has ever been harmed. This is a regular occurrence. Rav Somuch's principal, the Kafachaim, similarly notes, uh, sorry, his disciple, the Kafachaim, uh, the Kafachaim also writes, now the doctors are wiser. They administer vaccinations by means of an injection in children's arms, which prevents them from developing smallpox. And Rav Chaim Falagi also concurs. Clearly, the position of the great postkin of the smallpox era was that a person should undergo vaccination despite the small risk of vaccine-associated death. Though there were people who died as a result of vaccination, they represented only a tiny minority, miuta de miuta, and the danger to the wider public of contracting smallpox was far greater. If this was true at that time, then it is certainly true today when modern vaccinations are considerably safer. So Rav, uh, Rav Asher Weiss is just echoing the same exact point, that 
if it was true, again, this is just the permissibility of vaccination. This doesn't tell us anything about requirement to vaccinate. But if it was true then, the post game were willing to tell people that it, because the relative risk of the smallpox vaccination was so much less than the risk of actually picking up smallpox. So certainly, uh, if that was true then, and it therefore was permissible, and it, and it became the, the mainstream approach then, then certainly in a situation like today, where the risks are so much lower uh, uh, in terms of vaccinations in general, and certainly in terms of the COVID vaccine, um, again, very hard to argue, or it's very easy to argue that it is certainly permissible for a person to get the COVID vaccine and not be concerned at all that they're placing themselves at risk. Because any risk the person's taking is way, way less than the risk that exists if a person were to contract the virus. Um, one of the other, other uh, halakhic principles that Rav Asher Weiss has used in his conversations about this topic, I don't know if you've had the chance to see, they have clips all over Twitter of Rav Asher Weiss um, giving his, his approach. Um, but one of the concepts that he's referred to is a concept known as Shomer Psaim Hashem, which literally means in Hebrew, God protects the fools. It's a concept that we have um, talked about in many of our shiurim, actually, uh, about risk-taking, risky behavior, um, and things, that, things like that. And uh, the, the, the basic concept is as follows. The Gemara talks about in Yevamos that B'nai Yisrael didn't perform a bris milah when they were in the desert, except for B'nai Levi. Why didn't they do so? They didn't do so because they felt that it was dangerous. Uh, what was dangerous about it? So the Gemara there says that there was a, some northern wind, a Ruach Tzifonis, that would come and it was you know, a good for medicinal purposes for the baby. So the Gemara there says, but wait a second, today, they write, today we don't have the northern wind. So how can it be that we're giving bris milah now if it was considered dangerous then to give a bris milah without this, whatever this wind was? So the Gemara basically answers, because we've seen that everyone gives bris milah today and the babies are fine and they don't have the northern wind. Shomer Psalm Hashem, it must be that God protects us. You see that people are doing what regular people do and nevertheless, no one's getting harmed. So you see, we can see that it's, we can consider it safe. And it's a big discussion in the post game you know, what, under what categories and what scenarios do we declare Shomer Pesayim Hashem? You know, it's okay, God protects us. So something that maybe would ordinarily be seen as somewhat risky is permissible because look, this is what, this is what people, everybody does it. Um, so there's different approaches in Nachronim. Uh, the Tzitzel Yezer writes that Shomer Pesayim Hashem includes activities that the, that the world needs to function. So for example, um, you know, a person's going to be, a, how can anyone be a soldier? He writes, how can someone go to go to army? You know that going to the army is dangerous. So he says, because it's something that it's something that we need for the world to function. You have to have armies, you have to have police officers, you have to have firefighters, you have to have people who who you know go ahead and um, and serve in these roles, otherwise you wouldn't have a functional function, functioning society. Um Rosinski in source number 10, he writes that I'll tell you the difference, he says. He says that when something is, and I'll show you just at the bottom, the bottom of the page of the source number 10, he writes, That whenever you're dealing with a, 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 a risk that is so small, that it, it's, it's, you know, uh, almost unnoticeable, it's so, you know, far, far off the chances of really being dangerous, so that's when we say Shomer Pesayim Hashem because every activity in life involves some risk, right? We've been talking about this so much these days, right? There's always some level of risk in everything that we do. So if we would always say, you know, we're so careful, you know, pikuach nefesh, so I have to be machmir all the time. So you, 
certainly there's certain certain uh, you know certain percentages and certain level of risk that becomes inappropriate, right? But when there, when there are things that are you know a very small level of risk, so at that point, and there are things that people everyone does, and that uh, and that professionals tell us are totally you know not dangerous, and one in a million or one in a hundred thousand end up you know in serious condition because of it. So that's the type of thing where we say Shomer Pesayim Hashem, Hashem protects us. We can assume that we're following the guidance of professionals who know what they're talking about. That that's uh, something that we have protection from. So if you look in source number eleven, you'll see exactly this in Rabbi Weiss. Um, he writes, regardless, this discussion is not relevant to our case in hand. The efficacy and safety of the COVID-19 vaccine has been attested to by thousands of medical experts, as well as the governmental health agencies and authorities in many developed nations. There is no basis for concerns about serious side effects or vaccine-associated deaths. Every doctor that I've spoken to, and I've spoken to a lot about the vaccine, um, have continued to tell me that uh, they don't have concerns about it. All the, 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 the medical people in my life uh, and my family are all getting the vaccine. Um, and that, you know, when, every time there's, a, there's some you know, negative response of one patient and it goes on the front page of a, of a newspaper, of a, of a website, so th- most of these responses are responses that everybody has to some vaccine at some point. Um, and, that, and that the concerns are really very, very small. Um, and this is what all the post have been saying today also, that they've been hearing from other people as well. Um, but additionally, says Ravasha Weiss, I've contended before that if we carefully follow the advice of the experts in their fields, even if they have erred, let's say the doctors are all wrong, says Ravasha Weiss. Let's say the doctors that we've all, we're all listening to the mainstream doctors, the vast, vast majority of doctors and scientists, etc., which we're supposed to do and which we do in every other area of halacha. Right, where the Shulchan Aruch says, someone wants to eat on Yom Kippur, not on Yom Kippur, what do we say? Ask a doctor. Right, whatever it is that we, that every medical halachic shayla starts with, ask your doctor. That's how I start every conversation with someone who asks me a question in medical halacha is, first ask your doctor. Uh, but let's say the doctors are wrong, says the Russia Weiss. Nevertheless, uh, we will still be divinely protected, he writes. This is the concept of Shomer Psalm Hashem, that anybody who faithfully follows the way of the Torah and acts in accordance with a common practice accustoms himself to the path that is commonly trod, will be protected by heaven, even if he thereby endangers himself. It's not hocus pocus. He doesn't mean like there's some, uh, you know, heavenly, uh, you know, I mean, he probably means that in a certain sense. But the point is that that's, that's the way, the halacha creates a system that we're able to function normally. And in order to, to do so, we're told by the halacha, follow the experts. If the experts tell you that this is correct and this is the right thing to do, then it becomes the halacha that that's the way to act. In this case, the overwhelming majority of scientific researchers and medical experts are clearly of the view that the vaccine poses negligible risk of serious danger. This is especially true as the coronavirus pandemic is rapidly spreading in our communities and the world, causing many deaths each and every day. And therefore, Avarsha Weiss uh, uh, also writes that that's why, besides the fact that anyways, you have the requirement of, you know, for yourself. What about the question of risk? The answer is, you follow the experts, and if they're experts are telling you that the risk are, is, is negligible, then in that scenario, you, you, we have the concept of Shom Pesayim Hashem, and we have the concept in general, that, that when, when, when you have, a, again, a very small level of risk, a person is allowed to place themselves in a certain small level of risk in order to avoid a much higher level of risk. Um, however, before we go on, does anyone have any questions on what I've said until now? Okay, um, so let's keep going. So in, in, in the next point I think is very important because beyond 
the question of whether I am allowed or required, and we haven't gotten to the required question yet, but we will get there, uh, to take a vaccine. There's a, a whole different part of this conversation, which we've been having, again, also over the last number of months, which is, what is my responsibility towards other people? Right? Is there a question that I should take the vaccine, not just so that I don't get sick, but because somehow my getting the vaccine will prevent others from getting sick? Certainly, that is you know, what, what we're being told in terms of the possibility of herd immunity um, in situations like that, that, being, that, that an individual getting, getting the vaccine, if everyone would say, I'm not going to get the vaccine, I'll wait for someone else to get it. So we'll never, we'll never attain a herd immunity. And then those who can't get the vaccine or those who are not unable to get the vaccine are still placed at risk. So what, is, so what is my responsibility towards somebody else? So this gets us into the question more thoroughly of what I mentioned before, the question of what's the, what risk is, is an individual expected to take to help somebody else who's in danger? Source number 12, a pasuk in Sefer Vayikra, A person shouldn't stand idly by, right, by, the, by the blood of their neighbor. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, and the Afayin Gimel, asks us, how do I know that a person who is, you know, uh, another person's running after them to kill them, that you can kill that person because of Right? And then the Gemara says, but wait a second. And it moves down to the second line there. How do I know if my friend is drowning in the river? Or an animal is pulling him away. Or a, a robber is coming to, 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 to attack him. That I have to go ahead and save that individual. And the Gemara continues there and asks, But wait a second, did you really learn this concept of saving someone's life from Losam and I thought I learned it from Hashava Saveda. Because the Gemara says, Aveda skufo minayin. How do I know that a person's life, you have to return to them just like you have to return a lost object? Tamalomar vashevoso lo. So the Gemara has a problem. I have, you know, the idea of, of returning someone's life uh, of Shabbos Aveda. Or is it, Kavach have to return their watch. Of course, they have to return their life. Um, or is it from Losam and Damriacha? And then basically, the Gemara comes to the conclusion that not only do I have to do what I can to save the life. I actually have to spend money. I have to. Hashem Zaveda, you actually don't have to spend money to save someone's uh, watch. If you're going to have to spend money to do so, you actually don't have to spend money. But to, or to go through excessive tirecha. But to save someone's life, you do. Um, and the truth is, this comes out actually in, in the next source, which in source number 14, which is Rashi. Rashi that says, Kamash Malon, lo sama dam lo sama la I have to do everything in my power, everything I possibly can, to make sure that my friends life is preserved. Not just the minimum, uh, but as much as I possibly can. And the Gemara in Matziah in source number 15 has a similar concept, uh, sorry, has a, a famous story. You know, what happens if you have two people walking in the desert, there's only enough water for one of them. If they split it, they'll both die. Um, and if one of them takes it, one of them will surely die, but the other person will live. And Rabbi Kiva Paskins, your life becomes before someone else's life. Um, so on the one hand, in a, in a, I have a requirement to save someone else. On the other hand, my life comes first. And the question obviously becomes, what happens if it's, if it's a suffix? If, I, if there's a possibility that by trying to save the other person that I could die. Um, on the other hand, if I don't try, they'll die. So what do I do in that scenario? So the Yerushalmi, in source number 16, which seems to have a machlokas, with Jonas and Rishlakish, whether a person has to, uh, has to do so. And you find in the Rishonim, there's a, a little bit of a split. 
Some quote this Yerushalmi as a source that a person should uh, go ahead and uh, risk their life, you know, should place himself in some type of suffix, like on a, you know, a possible real danger to life in order to save someone else. And many reject it. In fact, in fact the Radvaz writes in Surah number 18 that if there's suffix, suffix to constant fashos, and the person risks their life, it's a person who's trying to be from, but they are uh, you know, really doing the wrong thing. Um, and the Archa Shulchan also writes the same thing. Uh, he writes that a person shouldn't, does not have to risk their life to save someone else. However, he writes, A person has to be careful you know, to, to be so quick. To say, well, you know, I have to protect myself. Yes, to protect yourself. But sometimes there's a, a certain level of risk a person can take. And the Mishnah Brewer writes the same thing. He writes, if it's a sakana to for yourself, then you don't have to save the other person. Uh, your, your life comes first. However, he writes, Don't be such a medactic. You, you know, sometimes there's, there's a certain amount of, of risk that you can take. Uh, if it's going to for sure save, one, save someone, someone's life and the danger to your life is relatively small. Um, and, I, and I heard Rabbi Yonah Reis, again, uh, mentioned him before, say that this whole, this whole conversation about Savik Sakana really doesn't apply to our, our, our case, because our case is really not Savik Sakana. Uh, our, our case of taking the vaccine, yes, in a situation where, provide, where we, if everyone takes, takes the vaccine and creates, a, creates herd immunity, you really are saving other people's lives. There are really other people who, who, will, who will live and wouldn't have because of their herd immunity. Um, and the danger that a person's placing himself in is so small that it becomes obvious that a person should go ahead and get the vaccine. He, he said, if a, if a person, you know, we ask, talk about sub, putting yourself in suffix like kind of in order to make sure that a, the other person is saved, he said, that's like, if I'm gonna jump in the river, I could, get, I could get pulled in. But what if I said to you, by trying to bend down and pull the person out of the river, I might scrape my knee. Well, if I scrape my knee, you never know, I could get an infection. So that, 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 that's obvious, no one would ever say such a thing. Of course I'm gonna scrape my knee if I can save someone's life. Right? Because some 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 svekos are so small that it's it's really negligible, um, and that's why he argued that this whole concept of questioning whether this is a suffix akana is really really not correct when dealing with our with our with our situation here. So let's talk about the conclusions of the modern day poskin. Um, Vasher Weiss, as I mentioned before, uh, published a a letter in English, one in Hebrew, also one in English, where he concluded, in light of all the above, it is certainly appropriate for each person to be vaccinated. He thought it's appropriate based on the responsibilities to ourselves, the relatively uh, small danger that exists in taking the vaccine, the small risk versus the risk of not taking it, and certainly in terms of the responsibility we have towards others. However, he writes at the end, I cannot rule that there's an obligation to be vaccinated. Every person is within his rights to refrain from doing so and to instead continue wearing a mask at all times and to practice social distancing. So he said that a person technically could do that. So he can't say it's an absolute chiv. However, the more people who are vaccinated, the greater their feeling of safety and well-being will be, which will elevate their risk of infection. I mean, more people are going to get vaccinated, more people are going to get lax in social distancing, and you're still trying to keep, keep it going. It's not going to work out so well. It therefore appears to me that it is halakhally correct to be immunized with the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, there was a letter also put out, um, I think it was this week or the end of last week, by the OU and the RCA with the Piskei Alata of Rav Shachter Shlita, Rav Zulik Shlita, and Rav David Kohn Shlita. Um, and they write, um, basically, that they believe, have always believed, of the obligation for a person to vaccinate, forget, 
forget uh, COVID-19, you know, MMRs, etc. It's what the doctors recommend for us to do. It's proven science and it saves people's lives. And therefore, it's always been a requirement to get a vaccine. Um, however, there have been some concerns raised, they write, about the COVID-19 vaccine, especially because it was, it was uh, done so quickly and because it uses new technology, the mRNA um, uh, uh, vaccine technology. And nevertheless, it read as follows. Notwithstanding these factors, the conclusion of our postcom is that pursuant to the advice of your personal health care provider, the Torah obligation to preserve our lives and the lives of others requires us to vaccinate for COVID-19 as soon as a vaccine becomes available. They don't say it's a good idea. They don't say it's, it's appropriate. They write it is required. Um, and and I, th- I think it's important. I think it's important to know uh, the, 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 the very strong language of Rav Shechter and Rav Willig and Rav David Kohn asking each of us uh, and telling us that we're required to get the vaccine. Um, I'm going to get the vaccine as soon as I can. Probably will be a little while. Uh, everyone, uh, all the doctors I know, people in my family, uh, are, are getting the vaccine without any concern uh, because this is, the, this is what we're all supposed to do. Um, I think it's also appropriate to, to keep in mind and to, and to mention at this time that it's, it's tremendous, you know, a moment of a karsatov to Kaddish Baruch As horrible as this pandemic has been, the fact that we have a vaccine already being distributed this quickly afterwards is uh, no short, no, n- nothing less than a nace. And we should have a tremendous karsatov to Kaddish Baruch that uh, even though the Makkah was brought, um, for whatever reason he wanted to come, that he was now brought us to Rafua um, rather rather quickly, um, and it's a moment to to step back and to give a karsa tov to Hashem for that. Um, look, our my 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 hope and prayer is that the vaccine will work in the ways that all of our medical professionals are telling us it will. That Mir Hashem, we will have the opportunity to return to normal at some time in the very near future. Mir Hashem won't have to talk on Zoom anymore, can talk and meet in person for Shi'urim, and Mir Hashem uh, to continue to return to our healthy, normal lives uh, very soon. Uh, thanks so much, and have a wonderful night.